Well, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, I want to continue this series both living in the light. I usually don't do series or very seldom do series, but just really felt to, uh, the Lord just kind of gave me one day just about four messages all in a row. Usually that doesn't happen for me. I usually just get one at a time. Uh, I know some ministers, they can go away for a weekend and they can come out with a list of sermons uh, for the whole year. That has never happened for me. Usually it's just one, but in this case, uh, I had a number come to me about living in the light. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 uh, to 11. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things, these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part and the worthless deeds of evil and darkness instead expose them. Father, may you bless your word here this morning, and uh, Lord, just continue to speak to us that we might be that light on a hill that shines bright in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I want to continue in this series about living in the light. As Christians, we are called Christians because of the Savior that we serve, Jesus Christ. And we're called to be lights to our world, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, Jesus says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone Well, praise your heavenly fathers. Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are to be different. We are to be like light is to darkness, like day is to night. And so that's telling us there's quite a major difference at nighttime and daytime. And that's what Jesus is telling us. That's how different we really need to be as Christians. Our lives are to shine so bright that people will see and know beyond any doubt that we are followers of Jesus. We really should stand out in a crowd, that when we go into a a mall or go into a grocery store or go to a place of work, we really should stand out that there's something different about that individual and that they're a follower of Jesus. The Bible says that our light should shine like a city on a hill for the whole world to see. And so really our lives are to have a radiance about us of God's glory that the world might indeed see, again, there's something different about us. And our lives need to be pointing people to Jesus Christ. And 
that's an important mission for every believer, and I believe that God is calling the church of today back to being true lights, bright lights in our community, in our world. And we need to be lights uh, in our world today because we're in a world today that struggles to see and sometimes uh, it can't really tell the difference between darkness and light. And even as Christians, we're seeing that even Christians are struggling in this area of trying to figure out what is light and what is darkness. And so the church needs to rise to the occasion and to get back to seriously concentrating on being a light to our world, a light to other Christians, a light to uh, people on the street, uh, a light to uh, Christians that maybe have fallen away. It's time that we let our light shine and show that we are serious about our faith. And we as a church, we want our light to shine to our community. We want to make a difference here in our community. Uh, our mission statement is to reach out and to raise up committed followers of Jesus Christ. And to get that message out there, we want to welcome anyone and everyone who wants to be part of this church family. Uh, some little things uh, maybe that you're not aware of that we've done, even over these, just these past few weeks, uh, of trying to be a light in our community. We participated in the air tour that happened uh, here in St. Paul, and we were doing hot dogs and uh, uh, water, giving those out. Uh, usually we do those things for free, but because there was other vendors there that were charging, they asked if we could charge a fee. And so we agreed to that. Uh, but then I told them, I said, I tell you what, we'll agree that we'll charge, but we're going to give all the monies that we receive to the group that is beside us. And that happened to be the Arts Foundation here in St. Paul. And so just with some hot dogs, you know, and some water, there was $400 uh, that we gave to them that they were quite happy about. And so little things, but you know what, little things... Uh, can be a big testimony. This past Monday, unfortunately, we had the fire at Moose Lake Camp. Uh, it's in the Lakeland Connect, if you want to kind of look that. We did some posts there on our Facebook as well uh, when uh, the meeting place burned. And as I was there from the, the beginning to the very end, uh, we saw the opportunity for our church to be a blessing because we're always looking for that. Our board is saying, you know, we want to look for opportunities where we can be a blessing. You know, we don't have a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, we can do a lot of small things. And uh, so in that fire, we kind of noticed that, you know, these firemen, they didn't bring a lunch. Uh, they didn't bring any water with them. And there they are in that hot day and that hot blaze. And uh, they just kept working all afternoon and into the evening. And uh, so we quickly kind of contacted some board members. And uh, then, you know, we went into Bonneville, bought a whole bunch of pizzas and came and served those firemen. Now, interestingly, the next morning we were contacted by the Bonneville paper and they wanted to talk to me and they asked me, which I thought was a very unusual question. They had talked to the fire department and the fire department said, you know, there was, uh, they gave us pizza at the end and they really appreciated that. And so she called me and she said, I heard that you were the one that went and got the pizza. Why did you do that? And I, I was kind of taken back by that question. Why would I do that? I said, well, because we want to say thank you. Uh, they've been working really hard. And I said, you know, we wanted to take an opportunity to appreciate them. And, and in reality, when there's a fire there, most people, if it's your house, you're, you're in a trauma state. You ain't thinking about anything. Uh, but I thought, you know, here's opportunities that we can be a blessing to our community. Next time you see a fire, why don't you go get a case of water and uh, bring it to the firemen? And uh, that, you know, they have a refreshing drink. But anyway, 
uh, we, we did that as a church. Actually, it was our church that paid for those pizzas. And uh, here it was, a testimony that the paper heard from the firemen that they appreciated what we had done. And so, uh, you know, we want to be a light that draws people's attention to Jesus Christ. We've been doing other small things in the community over these last few months, uh, bringing donuts uh, to all of our schools. Uh, we brought donuts there to some businesses, to the RCMP. And so we've been doing a lot of small things, uh, but you know what? Small things can be big blessings. And so that's, you know, part of this vision of our own church, uh, that we're trying to be a light in our world and to point people uh, to Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that, you know, we're to be lights in our community. We're to be a light in the midst of darkness. And when people ask us, why would you want to do that? That we can start telling them about God, we can start telling them about Jesus, and that there's a thankful spirit inside of us that we would want to do those things. And, you know, it's so very, very important to, to be a light. You know, Jesus spoke about being a light. The apostles spoke about being a light. All these things were very, very important. And in a world that we're living in today, they're confused. They're confused about what is right, what is wrong, what is light, what is darkness. And that's part of our world. That's probably uh, a lot to do that we've thrown away all of our godly values. We kind of throw them off to the side as a world and don't think that they make a difference. Well, it's showing us today that it's making a difference. And that's not good. So we need to be a light. And I realize this is also Father's Day. And, uh, you know, sometimes you like a Father's Day message. Well, as I go through these points here this morning, if you're a father here today, well, then apply these words to you because I think as fathers, we need to be leaders as men. We need to be leaders in our community, uh, to be lights in our community, not to, you know, leave it up to our wives or leave it up to the ladies. Uh, we as men need to be leaders in our community and be lights in our community. And so we're going to look at these verses here in Ephesians and uh, just to see again, what does it mean to be living in the light? Because the Bible talks about it quite often. And a lot of verses are in there in the Bible that talks about what it is to live, uh, uh, to live in this light of the gospel of Jesus. Well, the first thing we see in this passage here in Ephesians 5.1, it says, Therefore, uh, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So the very first things the Bible is talking to us about and to being a light in our community is to be an imitator of God, to look at all the things that God does and we're to be imitating him. Uh, an imitator copies. He displays the same character. Uh, they model. They strive to be the example of the original. And, you know, sometimes I think as Christians, we've kind of watered that down instead of looking to God or Christ is our example, we start looking to other Christians and other organizations and other people and saying, well, that's our standard. No, the standard is God himself. We go back to the original, and that's what the Bible says, imitate God. And so we need to model our lives after God, after Jesus, to be like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to do what Jesus would do. And this is to be done every day in everything that we do. And, you know, again, sometimes we are like Jesus sometimes, but are we like Jesus all the time? Because the Bible says you need to let your light shine all the time, not just on a Sunday morning, not just, you know, when you're kind of feeling good and things are going well with you. No, you're to be a light all the time, and you're to be an imitator of God in everything that you do. 
Now that's very, very important. And so as we look at it be to imitate our Lord, our Savior, and you just think about the life of Jesus. And just if you just take a few moments in your mind to think of all the things that Jesus has done for us, that's also telling us what we need to be doing as well. We see the love of God. We see the sacrifice of God. How often Jesus would pray. How often Jesus would read the scriptures. How often Jesus would be attending the local synagogue. How often Jesus would be having church meetings all the time. How we saw Jesus being compassionate, taking time for people. And, you know, that list goes on and on and on. And it's kind of a really big job description when you start thinking about what did Jesus do. But that's what we're to do as well. We're to be imitators of God. The Apostle Paul took this principle very seriously and spoke to the Corinthian church and said to them, I want you to follow my example. If you're wondering what to do and live in the Christian life, just follow my example. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Other versions would say, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a real powerful statement in the Word of God. Uh, to think that someone would go up and say, you know what? Look, if you're struggling in your Christianity, you're struggling in your faith, I, I tell you, like, you, you, you know, we, and I know we have to look to Jesus, but if you're having trouble with that you just, and you need to see a real person beside you, then just follow me. I wonder how many of us could go around and just say that confidently right now and just say, for sure, just follow me. Are you struggling? Just, just follow me and do what I do. So that's a pretty serious statement. But it is a statement that we do. We need to imitate that people can see that the light of Jesus is in us. And if they want to know Jesus, that they could just follow us and imitate us. Secondly, in this, to live in the light, we need to live a life of love, just as Jesus did. You know, love is always important, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> for us as Christians. And one of the characteristics that the world actually identifies us as Christians, they expect Christians to be loving people. They really do. And so that's something that God speaks to us and say, listen, I want you to be uh, godly people. I want you to be uh, people that love. Ephesians 5.2 says, live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You know, Christ set the example for all believers to follow. He loved us, willing to, to die for us as he sacrificed for our sin. He took our place of execution, that our sins might be forgiven and that a way would be open to heaven for all people who would believe in him. He showed us a love that was sacrificial. He gave his all for us uh, so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And so, Jesus is expecting us to give our all, to love sacrificially, to do everything that we possibly can do that the light of Jesus might reach our world. So we're going to live in a, such a way that our lives become like a literal sacrifice being offered to God that's a pleasing aroma to Him. And so when we're out there loving on people and doing things for love, that's like we're offering a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto our God. And sacrifice is something that's always to be part of our lives as Christians. Love will cost you. It will cost you. 
Sometimes, you know, we do things and we think, you know, people should be noticing what we've done and, you know, praising us for what we've done. Well, you know, a lot of times that just doesn't happen. And probably the majority of things that you will do for Christ, no one will ever bother to tell you that they appreciated it or that was, man, that was really nice of you. And that happens. It really does. But, you know, that's part of the cost. You're not doing it to get praise. You're doing it to draw people to Jesus Christ. And so that's something that we need to really remind ourselves of, that the reason why we do things is not to receive praise, but the reason is to draw people to look to Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, 24, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. If you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. That's part of living in the light. You're laying down your life to live the life that God wants you to live. And so there will be sacrifices that you will make, and there will be sacrifices that, you know, in your future, that you will make some more, that you might be a light. And the motive behind those, again, is our love for God. And when that's our motive, that really pleases God. It really does. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says, If I give everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Always comes back to love and the importance of love. Love is always a key in our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. To live in the light, one must live in love. Love must continue, even sacrificial love. Then thirdly, in living the light, we need to live a thankful life. Living life with gratitude, appreciation, being thankful for what we do have, staying away from things that God says should have no place in our lives. Ephesians 5, 4 says, instead, let there be thankfulness to God. See, God wants to see that we as Christians are thankful people. To be children, to be people of light, there needs to be that expression, that demeanor of thankfulness in us. In our world right now, needs to see some people that are actually thankful. Uh, we've gone through a number of years now uh, where it's been more of an inward focus in a lot of people's lives. Uh, we haven't been appreciating people like we really should. And to me, I think this is a fresh call from God to say, you know what, let's be thankful. Let's bless people, be kind to people, talk to people, because there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. And I, and I know, you know, we all can, compl- can complain. Uh, there's lots of things out there that we can p- be complaining about. But God is saying, I want you to be known as thankful people, not to be the complainers. God doesn't want us as Christians to be the, you know, that group of complainers. He wants us to be that group of people who are thankful for what God is doing, even in the midst of hardships and difficulties that we're facing. Here in this passage, it's kind of interesting that Paul exposes some behavior we kind of seem to be, to me, it strikes me a little bit strange to, that it goes along with this thing about being thankful. And he kind of points out some things and some dangers uh, that we can pursue when there's not a thankful spirit within our lives or when thankfulness is ignored. And so he mentions some actions that can result from an ungrateful attitude and mentions things that God condemns among Christians. And he's telling us here that You know, we're to have a thankful spirit because when you don't have a thankful spirit, it kind of can lead you into another direction. It can lead you back towards darkness and then can lead you even to these things where he starts to mention sexual immorality, impurity, 
greed, obscene stories and jokes among God's people. And again, he's talking to God's people. He's not talking to the world. Sometimes we're always saying on the world's case, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. That's none of our business. Our business is about ourselves and what we're doing and that we might correct our own behavior. And I, and I realize that today we've got a lot of confusion even as Christians and what kind of behavior is really acceptable today. And I want to encourage you, if you're trying to discover what's really acceptable, what's not acceptable, read the Bible. Read the Bible, cover to cover. Don't just listen to somebody, you know, uh, uh, on TV or somebody that's on the Internet or whatever and believe what they have to say. Read it for yourself. We have a beautiful privilege of having Bibles, and then with our technology today, we can have it on our phones, our computers, Get into the Word of God. And, you know, be cautious. When God condemns something, don't condone what God condemns. And sometimes Christians are getting in that uh, level. That's going back towards darkness. Don't condemn, uh, condone what God condemns. And participating in behavior that God condemns is really showing that there's a problem that is creeping in our lives, and it's called being ungrateful. When we kind of get away from that thankful spirit in us, we can start leaning more and more to an ungrateful spirit that then becomes, leads into all kinds of other things. And uh, one of that part of being ungrateful is entitlement, which is a real huge thing today where we all feel entitled to, you know, everything should be done for us. Well, that's on the side of ungratefulness. And God says, I want you to be on the side of thankfulness. And so ungratefulness, if not dealt with, can lead to sin, while thankfulness leads to life and to being a light for our God. And so keep that in mind, that, you know, as we face those things, you know, like uh, that get disturbing to us, we get frustrated and all those things and going on in life right now, to get our mind off those things and come back and start thanking God. Start thanking God. Old hymn, those who are older, remember, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done, because sometimes, you know, the things that are happening around us seem so huge. But if we just would take the time to start looking at some of the blessings that God has done in our lives, that mountain starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller that we can give thanks unto God. And that's what God wants us to do. Colossians 3, 17 says, Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So in whatever we do, wherever we are, we are representatives of Jesus Christ. And so if we're going to live like Jesus or be a light for Jesus, we need to remind ourselves that when we're out there in our world or we're around other people, to really watch ourselves because we are representatives of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're the only Jesus that people will ever see. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. That can be really difficult at times, that we go through trials, go through tribulations, and, you know, we, we can start complaining, not being very thankful. But God says, you know what, you need to start shifting your focus to what you can be thankful for. You may not be thankful for the situation that you're in, but you can be thankful for all the other situations that you've been in where God has helped you, God has been with you, God has blessed you. And that's where he wants our focus to be. So to live in the light, we need to live a thankful life. And then fourthly, in living the light, we need to live in God's light. 
need to live in what we know is the truth of God's Word and live according to the revelation that Jesus Christ has given to us. Ephesians 5, 6-8 says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. So we need to live in the light that God has given. When we came to Jesus Christ, we've opened up our heart to Him. We got saved. We got born again. Uh, all those things are great, wonderful. There was an enlightenment that we understood that, you know, Christ had come into our lives. He's forgiven us and uh, that we're now to live for Him. And, you know, it was a joy. It was a happy occasion. Well, God is basically saying, keep living there. Don't, you know, deter and go somewhere else. Stay in that place of excitement in your relationship with God. How do you do that? Well, you keep building on your relationship with God. Keep working at it. You keep getting into the Scriptures. You keep praying. You keep doing the things that brought you to God in the very first place. So all those things are uh, needed uh, in our lives, and that we want to keep a revelation uh, of Christ in our lives. We should be growing closer and closer and closer to Him, not getting further and further away. That should be a sign to us when we're not feeling like doing things for God anymore. That should be a real big indicator, a big flashing sign to say, something's wrong, something's wrong. Get back to what you've done before. And so be careful in these areas. We don't want anybody or anything uh, to, uh, uh, you know, keep us away from God or keep us away from salvation and from the light uh, that we've experienced. And so God's kind of telling you, remember that light experience. Go back to that. Remember that. Uh, don't throw that away. Go back to it and remember what God has done in your life. You know, there's been people since the world was created that they continue to arise and they continue to see people that sin is okay. Right in the garden, uh, very, you know, the very first people, Adam and Eve. And what's happening? They're trying to, the devil's coming in there and saying to them, you know what? I know God said this, but you know what? Really, it's okay to do. And that's still happening today. The devil is still working through lots of different people today to say that, you know what? Sin is okay. Where God is telling us, no, it is not. And that God's anger will fall on all of those who disobey or excuse their sin. So sin is always serious business. Don't slip back. Don't turn around. No turning back. The Christian walk is not a walk where you go back and forth. It is one direction. You continue to go forward, keeping your eye on the prize, Christ Jesus, and that's your focus. You don't go to the right. You don't go to the left. You don't go backwards. You only go forwards. Paul asking the Galatians, they were struggling in their faith. And lots of people do. We all do. And he tells them, why would you even consider choosing another way? Why would you even consider going back to your former lifestyle after you've already experienced Christ? He tells us that in Galatians 4, 9. He says, so now that you know God, or should I say, now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world. Again, you don't look behind. You look forward. you got to keep that focus. And as Christians, you know what? You will go through difficult times. You will be offended. You will be hurt. Uh, all kinds of things can happen to you, and you really got to keep that focus forward. And I know that's not always easy, 
Easily said, not easily done. But that's where our focus needs to be. And as Christians, we need to realize that as well, we all can be deceived. I, I trust that you realize that, that each one of us here in this place, myself included, can be deceived. Listen to the words of Jesus. He says, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. That needs to be our goal, to continue to live in God's life, where every dark corner of our lives gets exposed. Any evil that's in there is brought to light. It's shone. We repent of it and that we continue down that journey to be a light. As Christians, we are to live in the revelation of the light of our salvation, our experience with the light of God in our life, the experience of the light of God's word, and we're stay there. We're to stay there. Never return to darkness. That should not be an option in our lives. And then lastly, in living the light, we're focused our lives on doing good. Ephesians 5, 9 and 10 says, For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. As Christians, as people who live in the light, we're to strive to live our lives focusing on things that are good, that we know that are right, and things that we know that are true, and things that we know please God. The Bible says, carefully determine what pleases God. And so that's really telling us to look at ourselves, to look at our actions, things that we say, the things that we do, and really ask that question, is this pleasing to God? And you'll often find if you ask that question, I'm telling you, conviction comes really quick. Uh, if you said something or did something, that's what God does. And that's why we, we need the Holy Spirit, because he convicts us of our sin. He convicts us when we're doing things that we really shouldn't be doing as a Christian. You know, so often we can end up focusing on ourselves so much that we sometimes can then open a door to darkness in our lives and we start to gratify the things of our flesh. And you know, God doesn't want us to be spending our time about how we can gratify our flesh, but rather how we can gratify our God and serve our God. See, Christians need to be noted for doing good. And that's something we're trying to do, you know, as a church. Um, not just to be focusing on what we have here and the things that are happening here, but we really do. We want to be a testimony to our community, uh, to our world around us, and we want to do good things. And we've done a fairly good job of that as a church throughout these years, that we've always done things, uh, help with projects around the world and projects right here in our own community that we've been wanting to be a blessing to our community. Again, Jesus says, Matthew 5, 14 to 16, that's where we started in our introduction. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed in a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deed shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Here we are back to, we are the light of the world. We need to continue to do good things, good deeds, things that are good, right, true, pleasing to God. That really needs to stick in our brain. And we need to stay there. We need to be busy 
about those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I know it's not always easy to do that. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we do. We feel very unappreciated. Sometimes we feel like, you know, I've been doing this for so long and like there's no reward, nothing has happened. I've done this all these years. But the Bible says, keep your light shining. Because as you do, there will be a harvest. And I just want to encourage you, please don't give up. Don't let disappointment win. Where you just kind of back off and say, I ain't doing anything for God anymore. I've had it. Don't let disappointment win. Keep doing good and a harvest of rewards will come. Galatians 6, 9, I think we know that well. Let us not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We're going to reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I would encourage you, friend, don't miss your harvest. There's a harvest for you. The enemy wants you to miss your harvest. He wants you to quit, give up, and say, I am done. I am done with Christian people. I am done with all these things. Well, if you're done because you're not getting the response you want from other Christians, then your focus got already got wrong. Got to go back to, listen, I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm doing it for him. And yeah, it, it's good if people reply back or respond back to you. But if they don't, you know what? It don't matter. I'm doing it for Jesus. I'm going to be a light. And I know my life is going to touch somebody else's life. And it does. Many of you have heard testimonies of that throughout your time here in this church where people have, you know, come back and maybe you haven't heard it for years, but they come back and say, you know, I remember you when you did this. I heard a lot of that over this past two weeks of people talking about, I remember when I came to this church many, many years ago. And some of them remembered a children's program. Some of them remembered a, a Sunday school program. Somebody remembered, they were talking about wanting a birthday pencil. And if you have to be a lot older to remember that one, we're in Sunday school, we used to give out pen. People do remember, they don't always express it. But you know what, there's a harvest coming. Don't give up on your harvest. So in closing, friends, I just want to encourage you, keep living the light. Keep being the light. We are called to be the light to our world. We're called to direct people to Jesus Christ. That really be, needs to be our number one purpose and being light to, and, and being a light that we might strive to be lights to our families, our communities, our friends, and to our world. And as fathers here on Father's Day, as men here today, certainly we need to be leading the charge. Uh, don't let, you know, it's great that our wives do such awesome work in the church. Where would we be if we didn't have women in the church? I think we'd be in a real bad state. But thank God, we got a lot of men in this church. We are blessed as a congregation to have so many men in our church. And so thank you, men, for being here. And I want to encourage you, set the example. Be the light. Don't wait for someone else. Don't wait for your spouse to be that light. You be the light. You lead your home. And I just encourage you to do that. But God is calling all of us. He's calling the church back to being a light. We need to be lights to this world. Our world is going through so many issues right now. Our value system has been thrown out. There are no values anymore. Anything goes. Well, we need to be lights to direct people back to God. And as they see the light in you and I, there'll be new people that will come, new people that'll start responding to Christ, and there will be a harvest, a very big harvest that we'll all will see. Father, I thank you today that you are with us. I thank you, Lord, for the lights that are in this room. 
I thank you, Lord, for testimonies that even as a pastor, Lord, that I got to hear even over these last few weeks of different people I talked to in the community, different people that came by the church, and they referred to somebody here in this church. And that, Lord, did that person touch them, or they remember that person. And so, Lord, I thank you that there are lights right here in this church. And God, we want to continue to be a light. God, forgive us when we haven't been the light that we should have been. And God, help us that we might get back on that track where we as a church, we as a people, Lord, would be the lights that this world needs. And Lord, we pray that right over here, St. Paul, and Lord, over the communities in this Lakeland region, Lord, over our reserves, that Lord, that people will see the light and the light will draw them to Jesus Christ once again. So Father, help us to be those representatives. We pray here today, and we just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the musician.